Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So it looks like we're we're continuing with our uh, mutual learning model values and ideas. Uh, did you want to tell us where we got to last time and where we're picking up this time? Yeah. Uh, so last time we did, talked about the first one, which was informed choice. And this time we're going to pick up with a, a pair that we put together, which is transparency and curiosity. Um, I think this is a pretty natural follow-on from informed choice, because if we want to make an informed choice, uh, I think if we ask people, you know, how would you make an informed choice? If you want to make the best possible choice, what what would you do? How how would you make it, Scroll? Um, well, I'd naturally get uh, lots of input and ideas from people around me. I would um, be uh, thoughtful about uh, what that choice was and include people, and then I'd make the choice and off I'd go. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, what you do if you wanted a good decision, sort of getting the maximum input from the most people, getting all the information out. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever come across anyone who disagreed on that? Who, who said that no, actually, I think that the way for me to do it is is to um, uh, share, you know, hide what I'm thinking and hide information, and I and I don't want to know what other people are thinking. That that uh, I will make the best decision. Have you ever who's actually said that? Uh, not uh, until after I talked to them for a while, then <laughs> talked to them about what they actually did. Oh, see what they actually did. Now that's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 this uh, what we're covering here is something uh, that uh, Chris Ardress, who's the person behind uh, Action Science and the, which is the what's behind the mutual learning model, he had a phrase for this. He he said he made a contrasted espouse theory, uh, which is that if you were to ask people in theory what it is that they believe and um, how they would act, they would say one thing. Uh, uh, and that's the theory they espouse. But when you want look at what they actually do, their behaviors wouldn't match the actions that you'd expect from the theory they said. So when people would say the best way to make a decision is to get all the information and you know share what our thoughts are and and together we'll come to the best possible answer, that their behaviors didn't match that, that, that their theory in use was different than their espouse theory. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I commonly see this when it comes to transparency and curiosity. All the time. We were just at a, a mutual client yesterday, uh, the other day, and um, that was exactly what we saw on show. And I think one of the real challenges of it, we've mentioned before the problems of cognitive bias uh, that that plague uh, uh, us as humans. And it's it, the, the problem here is that people often will leave a conversation unaware of the gap between their espouse theory and their theory in use, that they, they really aren't aware that they aren't being transparent, that they aren't being curious. They leave thinking that they were, and therefore their their behavior never uh, has an opportunity to come in alignment with what they believe. They just simply are unaware of their behavior. So this is why uh, when we talked about how to learn from your experience in our episode on the four R's, we talked about how important it was to record what you've actually done and then reflect on it because it's that reflection is required for us to learn what our real behavior is. It's, it's only with reflection that we, that we realize what we're actually doing and our lack of skill compared to what we would, would like to have. 
we we have a mutual friend who would uh, actually physically record his conversations. I don't know, Jeffrey, if you and I have ever been, I certainly have, have not been brave enough to actually record difficult conversations in my uh, work with Agile teams. But uh, he would actually record them on, a at that time, a, a tape recorder. And he'd go back to his uh, his hotel room or his house. He was a consultant, and he would play the recording, and then he would shout at the recording. He would say, <laughs> "Benjamin, don't say that. No, no, don't do it that way." Oh, yeah. and and he he would have walked away thinking it was great, but when he actually listened to the 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 recording of what he'd said, he had a very different view. And and certainly in uh, my experience as well, when I've recorded case studies after the fact, even from memory. Um, what's shocking is that even the act of writing it down is was not enough for me to realize what I was doing. It was it was only when I went back and read critically what I had done that I became aware of of, of what I was actually doing. And it was it's shocking that the the, the gap that it, it wasn't the the experience and the speaking wasn't enough. The, even the writing it down wasn't enough. It was uh, reflecting on it, and especially reflecting on it with the help of others, that uh, was really illuminating. So there's a, a standard technique. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think we should we should describe people what we mean here by recording and offer people that option. There's a standard technique for doing that, which is a, a, what called a two-column case study, and that involves writing down a left-hand side and a right-hand side uh, analysis of uh, what what the person said and did. But you you have this much simpler uh, version, which I, I I found out about literally when you uh, stood up at our client and started talking <laughs> about it, and I said, "Wow, this is awesome uh, and really great for understanding transparency and curiosity." C- could you describe that to us? Sure, absolutely. So in the in the classic two column case study, what you have is a right hand column that is the dialogue of uh, what people are saying. So you know, write down the sort of the he said, she said, sort of back and forth, and you record the the dialogue. And usually, we we this this might run to no more than a page. If you actually have the full dialogue, it might run for pages and pages. But usually, we we advise people to come down to a page. That's the right hand column is the dialogue, and the left hand you have uh, your uh, thoughts. So even if the other person's speaking, what was your internal reaction? And then as you're speaking, what was your internal state? And I, I, I like a point that you you make and one that you you made in the same conversation is you, you pull people like, do you have telepathy? Yeah. Do, do any of our listeners have telepathy? If you do, please get in touch soon. Yeah. We're, we're really interested in working on some of these. There could be much better techniques if you have te- telepathy. Yes. But um, I, I'm predicting that none of our listeners raised their hands at that point and said, um, that we, I have telepathy. Therefore, <laughs> you, you cannot write in the left-hand column what someone else is thinking. That's right. Despite the temptation, you might be really sure what you think it is. You still don't get to write it down. <laughs> Indeed, and and this requires discipline because your 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 brain is very good at its theory of mind about other people, and so you will say, "But he said it twelve times. It must be what he was thinking. Look, yes. it's right here. I'm absolutely certain. I've known him for fifty years. Um, he's <laughs> this kind of person. He definitely thinks this. You still can't write it down. Well, in, except that you could write down. I bet that he's thinking this. Now, that you can do. That would be valid. That's your thought. That's not that's not the other person's. That's right. So as long as you're making a distinction, it's fine. So as I said, a normal case study might be uh, pages or it might be even just a single page. Um, but the simplified version is taking it even further. What this is, is you just basically write at some key point of dialogue, what was it something the other person said that had a strong effect on you? And what was your response? Mm-hmm. And then the your thoughts that match both of those. 
And this sort of, you now you have just a two by two matrix. So this is something that people can create very, very quickly. And really credit for, for this uh, refinement that, that I've been using um, and this simplification. And it, the long version is, I think you can get more out of it. But what's exciting about this is this gives you something you can record and do in a few minutes. So there's never reason not to practice. And, and you were saying this, the credit comes from, from somebody else. This is um, Dr. Burns, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dr. David Burns of the Feeling Good podcast. And he he describes this, he, he has his own sort of method for recording, which is his interpersonal relationship journal. And it has the same format of what did they say and, and what did I say in return? And he, he makes the point that you really just need to capture one you know moment, because in that moment will be the, the knowledge of all of your uh, relationship with that person. He says it's, it's like a fractal. And if you zoom in on a fractal, people have looked at something like the Mandelbrot set. You can zoom in on one small piece and then zoom in more and more. And what you'll keep finding is this self-similar um, pattern at, at all kinds of scales of magnification. And, and you get the value from a very short interaction because it captures the um, overall structure of the whole interaction or the whole relationship. That's right. And, and if we come back here to the point about uh, transparency and curiosity, is having done this, you, 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 you have something you can look at and say, am I being transparent? Uh, am I being curious? So, so and, let me, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can tell us about this example uh, that, we, that uh, we came across. Even better, I was just going to suggest that we, we kind of bring it together because we said a lot of things together there. So I was just going to suggest that our listeners who are not driving might want to <laughs> so do this after you finish driving or cycling or whatever. Um, but if you're, if you're not and you have a pen and paper to hand, what you'd do is you'd pull out the pen and paper. You'd think of a conversation that was challenging. You know, you, you'd had a, a disagreement with someone about their pull request or they wanted to build a feature they, they, they brought back every year for the last five years and it had never been useful, that, that kind of thing. You're having that kind of conversation and you make a two by two matrix, the right two squares. So the right column contains something that they said and something that you said in either order. It could be that they started the, or, and you responded and it could be from the middle of the conversation, the beginning or from the end, doesn't matter. Um, but it has something from them and something from you. And the left-hand side has only your thoughts, uh, of course, unless you answered before that you're telepathic, has only your thoughts as a response to each of those things. So they spoke and you had a response and then you responded and you had a response in your, in your mind. So that, that's what we're suggesting. That's the, the two by two matrix. What's that got to do with transparency and curiosity again? Well, this is, this is what they could do is they could pause the, the podcast and do that and then come back and then we'll tell them what to do with it. That sounds great. All right. So now they're back. <laughs> Excellent. So welcome back. Uh, I hope yeah. that didn't take you more than a minute or so. Yeah. And how's that related to transparency and curiosity? Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a way to score it. And, um, and to use an, we can give an example uh, uh, dialogue. Can you describe the, the dialogue that we have in mind? Absolutely. Yeah, this was from our, uh, we keep referring to this uh, mutual training that we did. Um, this is something we're thinking of, of uh, doing more of, by the way. So if you're interested, get in touch with us at the end. But um, uh, we did this training together and we asked somebody in the audience, uh, a pair of people to be, be very kind and, and role play a uh, conflict that they had had. And the, the kind of key moment in the, the conflict that they focused in on that we, that we thought about was the, the moment where the actual dialogue started with one party coming up to the other. So um, one person uh, walked up to the other one. Uh, the, the second one was uh, sitting on the sofa 
reading something or, or uh, working away um, the sofa in their in their office. And uh, so without any real preamble, <laughs> the, the first person said, uh, hey, I think we should drop our OKR process. If anybody doesn't know what that is, it's a, a way of setting goals that originally comes from Google. And um, uh, the other person said, no, I think they're fine. That, that was <laughs> what the, uh, the, the two right-hand side statements sounded like. And interestingly, the internal state uh, in the upper left column, so, so what the person was thinking uh, at first when he, when he said, I think we should drop OKRs, went something like this. Uh, I was reading about OKRs and we don't seem to be doing them very well at all. And uh, in fact, if, if somebody who knew about them looked at what we were doing, that person would have a very negative view and I would be embarrassed. And I thought that was just quite a strong statement, which didn't show up on the right-hand side at all. Notice the word embarrassed, I feel, um, even I was reading about OKRs, none of that information made it into the right-hand side. And that's the transparency that, uh, that we're, we're emphasizing that this can help you reflect on. And, and, that, and that's enough for now. We can, we can look at the scoring. What, what we do is very simple. And we'd say, uh, uh, you can look first at your right-hand column and just ask the question, uh, or ask your, look at yourself, did I ask any questions? Mm -hmm. um, and in my questions, was I being curious uh, versus was I making sort of leading questions? You know, sometimes we, we might uh, have things that have the form of a question, but they're really a statement such as, you know, do you think we should cover scoring now? Uh, do you think? Um, yep. Not, I'm not being curious there. So do you, are you asking any uh, questions based on curiosity? Uh, yes or no? And then uh, if you look on the left-hand side, um, are, are you finding anything uh, that you were thinking but didn't share? And if you do, then you're not being transparent. So that that can be your really quick test, even from a very simple two by two matrix. And very often, that's enough. That just you know, two minutes of recording, one minute of reflection, enough to say, oh gosh, it looks like actually I I I wasn't transparent, or I wasn't curious, or, or both. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of reflection we have to, to, to start saying is, am I actually living these values that I would espouse are the, the route to making the best possible decision? And what's fun is that during this training, we went round after having heard the, the dialogue and, and understood the, the conflict, we went round and asked everyone, what did you think of that interaction? And most of them scored it quite highly. So they would say, oh, yeah, this is better. And one person said, I've been in such dysfunctional organizations that people do nothing but shout. That sounds like a, a really helpful, <laughs> you know, there was no shouting. It was it was great. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it was really healthy. And that person is right that it's better than the interactions he was uh, noting, which sounded uh, exponentially worse. But uh, that doesn't mean that it was actually displaying the values of transparency and curiosity, because in that dialogue, um, the, the first person had a thought which he didn't share, and it was a very important thought and would have been very helpful uh, to, to share it, and he didn't. So that was a lack of transparency. And you notice there were no questions. I think we should drop OKRs. No, I think they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no curiosity shown at all. That's right. And so that was interesting here is that um, not only did uh, the people in the case study get to learn uh, from that reflection, but actually it, the people who listened to it uh, could learn more on the reflection as well, because they themselves weren't as attuned to the idea that um, there was a lack of transparency and curiosity. So the, the value of having this model and knowing these values explicitly is what you're looking for when you reflect is um, uh, very important to understanding your, your own and even the behavior of others.
Indeed. I'll just note one more thing, which is our listeners probably are thinking to themselves, wait a minute, if I were to start a conversation by saying I feel embarrassed by something I was reading and how far we are from it, that would be very threatening. That would make me feel very vulnerable. Um, and I'd suggest that if you're thinking that, first of all, you're human, congratulations. Um, <laughs> and second, um, that's precisely why it's very hard to uh, uh, make your theory and use match your espoused theory, because a lot of the things you espouse, they're, they're easy to say. They're, it's easy to say, I'd like to be transparent. It's easy to say, I, I'm, uh, I'm curious. Actually displaying it is tremendously difficult. So don't feel bad if you find it challenging or threatening or scary to uh, try to do these things. That's what a practice like the two by two matrix can help you with, is observing what you have done understanding whether it matches what you'd like to do and improving. But that's a long process. Absolutely. And I, and I, I think you're good to point out that relationship to vulnerability. And I think it applies to curiosity as well, because it's maybe less so, but still somewhat threatening to say, to admit explicitly, I don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there are probably things that I don't know that are relevant. Um, that's kind of a scary thought as well. Even worse, I might be wrong and the other person might be right. So I might have to change <laughs> my point of view. That's yes. usually the most scary of all. Okay. Well, next time I think we're going to pick up on accountability and compassion. Is that right? That's right. Those will be the, the last two of the uh, mutual learning model values. And um, I think we'll talk about how they tie in with the ones we've already covered, which are informed choice, transparency, and curiosity. Excellent. Well, if you'd like to talk to us more about any of these topics, uh, get in touch with us at uh, troubleshootingagile.com. That's where you can find our email address and Twitter and all kinds of that uh, of those things. We'd be very interested in anybody who tries some of these. If you have a two-by-two two matrix you'd like to share, that would be excellent. And uh, we really like listener questions. We, we get to them eventually, but uh, not always quite so quickly. And uh, as we mentioned, we have a training on this. So if you're interested in talking to us about uh, having some training on, on how to use these techniques, uh, that's something we'd be able to do now, to having, having developed it and, and given it to, uh, to one mutual client. And also, we really appreciate it when people click the subscribe button on their podcast app of choice, because that means you can hear us next week uh, when we will be talking about accountability and compassion. Super. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.